the National Coronavirus Command Council has decided to enforce a nationwide lockdown for 21 days. As the world has to physically distance to save itself, we need to get closer to God. Come, you're welcome to a place where we discuss the world's events through the lens of scripture. You're welcome to this public square gathering. Evening to everyone. So yeah, my, my perspective about this whole issue about schools being reopened. I've, I've been watching this whole week, well, the last two, three weeks, I've been watching us in the education sector have conversations about should schools open or not. And I think it's a luxury we can't keep going for too long before we have costs that we will struggle to uh, fix afterwards. So in South Africa, our school system is divided between you know, government schools and then independent private schools. And um, in the stats that I checked, there's about 600,000 children uh, who are in the private institutions, independent schools, and then the rest of the 12.4 million is government. And in this like remote learning time, it's really only been those 600,000 who somehow have had some sort of connection with their teachers, with their peers, and not having to struggle through uh, this uncomfortable time. So if you think about us as adults, we are struggling. You know, we were in the streets, not really socially distancing where we should. We're hungry, we're trying to take care of our children. And what schools represent is more than simply a place for education. As I think many parents have started to realize that a day is a very long time. <laughs> and the harm that our children are going to start to face is going to be beyond what we could imagine. I think a lot of our, 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 our misgivings about you know, the state of our schools, how they are, what about rural spaces, sanitation, overcrowding, I've often felt that those arguments are a little bit um, of, a, of convenient concern when they've always existed before and it was okay. Um, right now, when we look at what the government says they wanna do in sort of coming back in phases, the reality is if we keep kids back home, what, uh, what will, what will easily happen is that we will misunderstand what the cost of COVID is. Um, if, 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 we, if we think for the next six months in a, in a kind estimation, children must stay home, do we really understand what we would have created? Um, I can understand when people feel like, no, but people won't be safe, the children, they'll, be, they'll, they'll, they'll catch it, they'll die. First of all, that's not even um, following what the science tells us. What the children will probably be are vectors, but issues of them being vectors versus them dying already makes the argument less about us saying they will, uh, we're gonna put them in harm's way, but more about saying, what about then us saying people can go back to work, people can go shopping, 
we are all putting ourselves at risk, but we are practicing basic health things. And when we look at children, we are saying to ourselves, but the children, they can't learn anything. The children, we can't, we can't make them um, practice health. Then what is the point of school then? <laughs> Why did you send your child to school if they cannot adopt new habits, if they cannot learn, if they cannot be taught how to cope in this time? And when we look at where is COVID at its highest, it's actually in the big metro cities, metro metro municipalities where there is a lot more money or a lot more um, uh, 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 facilities, but we're the ones most scared. If you look at a province like Northern, uh, Northern Cape where they are having very low numbers, those kids being back home is absolutely unfair. And it's actually detrimental because the schools also give them the food, give them spaces of safety because now we're adding burdens to parents that the government cannot fulfill because the government is being wild to try and get people food, but they cannot check mental health of children. They cannot um, deal with uh, family dynamics, uh, emotions, the relationships. Schools are fundamental for like the development of children. And in those provinces where there aren't even high cases, we are causing more harm. In, in, in our more, um, more privileged spaces, what we are getting wrong is saying that the schools need to, um, need to somehow be fixed before the children can go back. Because if then we want them to be fixed, we must be honest and say, well, then they must all be fixed. Which, which schools are allowed to be half fixed and then kids can go back? Uh, which schools must be um, which thing must be fixed first? Because everything in a school is connected. So I think where, where we need to pressurize government more is about how will they react if something would go wrong? Just like we're asking companies to have plans on what will they do if something goes wrong? What will a, what will a shop do if something goes wrong? And I think the second thing that's uh, government should be pressured to do is obviously make it optional to go back to school. I think once the levels get um, more and more open, we're going to realize parents being wondering what will they do with their children. Um, before, before I came home this evening, uh, there was a conversation with a lady from Childline and they were asking them, what kind of calls have you been getting from children? And it's the cause that I think we all kind of wish were not a reality in South Africa. So things like, you know, lack of food, uh, abuse at home, uh, fear about what's going to happen, um, wanting to be in safe spaces. So what, what, we, what we see is that our children are always going to be the last ones to be thought of. As much as we want to say we want to keep them safe, all the videos we see of people not following social rules are not done by children. It is adults themselves. So if we would open schools in this um, little moment of 12s, 11s, 10s, 9s, whatever, whatever careful risk managed way, what we will essentially be doing is protecting many children, probably feeding them, 
And one of the advantages of them being back at school is we can uh, create better COVID education. Because I think a lot of people are misguided about what's wrong and how COVID works, how it's transmitted, how to stay safe. And children are much better listeners than their parents. <laughs> um, which I think we're all starting to discover when we're trying to educate adults, but we are the ones who listen to fake news. We are the ones to get hysterical. But children, if they'd be in a safe space like school, where we are doing what we can to keep them safe, we are as high a risk as anyone going to a shop, anyone going back to work, anyone uh, interacting with anyone in their community, which is what is happening. So that is uh, the, the, the point that I have. Um, but yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There, there are some uh, comments that have come through here. Uh, at this point in time, uh, Owen says that health trumps schools. So you, you, you have a toddler as well. So obviously as a parent, you might be concerned for your child's well-being in, in, in terms of health. Uh, what do you say with regards to that? Well, when I look at the science, the, the, the reality is my child would not be at risk. The child is more at risk of giving me the COVID than actually the child uh, catching it and then dying. So that's why I said children can, are more likely to be vectors than the people who would die. That's even what the stats in our own country are showing us. Um, and I think the issues of overcrowding, because I, I can see, see social distancing um, and issues of physical distancing yeah, fine, in a school, they'll be difficult, but they were there before and we were sort of silent about it. It was, it was kind of okay. So now when the government argues that, yeah, 40, they won't go more than 40, they'll try and make them at a distance, I think we can challenge them and ask them to be less than that. And if we just use a little bit of our own uh, sense of logic, if we are going back in stages, then logic says to us that, each stage will probably have its own new challenges, but if we don't even begin the journey, we will never actually get into good practice. And that is, that is, that is something that we have to understand about our schools and this new normal that we have to create. Um, and and when, you, when you think about, for instance, if metrics come back and they have the whole school, in that original plan the government had made, they they sort of want to split it by three weeks until the next grade will come. And we've now realized that how long three weeks actually can become, how much can change, how much can improve. So we mustn't be unfair when we make debates because initially when the 12s only go back, their classes will hopefully not even have to be 40. They'll probably be 20 <laughs> because they are supposed to have all the staff at school but only have the one grade at school. Um, uh, and that means that they will be actually be able to be quite correct about how their measurements are working, how their interventions are working. Just like all of us when we're going back to work, everybody is figuring it out. But the thing about children is we think the home is their safest space, but I argue that that's not really the case. It's, it, the child who's the safe is probably the one in a more privileged house. <laughs> you know, probably my daughter, yeah, she's probably safe at home. She's the safest there. But that, who am I supposed to speak for? Am I only supposed to speak for 
myself or speak also for the children that I fully know um, are not in the most pristine spaces like I'm in. And I, I, I see there, for instance, someone talking about living with Boko. I'm gonna be very honest with you and say that when it was clear that all people are the most at risk, even us as adults shouldn't be interacting with Boko. <laughs> You know, that's the thing. We weren't applying the rules ourselves. And it becomes a very unfair statement to be like, nah, the kids is where we're going to, we're going to draw the line. We, we are not holding ourselves accountable as adults. So when I did see a lot of my own students saying, yeah, their parents sent them back to, to their coco, you know, in the rurals or whatever, I was like, mm, first of all, that was illegal. <laughs> I hope you understand that your Goko is most at risk, so you have to be more careful because you stay with her. Not, not to be now casual because, hey, you know, we, we ran away from the city. So um, what, what, what I think we, we, we don't realize about children and about the schooling system, as I had just argued a little bit earlier, is the issue of, um, of being taken care of, of safety, of food, and of feeling um, as if they can somehow function is more important than we realize. Um, it, it, I, I, I'm even willing to argue that if, if government had said, fine, we won't open schools, we would be the same people around July who'll be saying, this is not working. <laughs> you know, we'll be arguing to government to say, why, why do people want me to go back to work and who's gonna watch my child? You know, it, it, children, we, we, we can see how we can obviously use them ourselves in our own arguments in the house as a, as a way of saying, uh, I'm protecting them and things like that. But we need to also be clear that children themselves, no one is going to stand up for them because they're the easiest for us to look down on and say, no, they'll be fine. But I, I think schools is, is where they are best placed to be. Definitely in the provinces where there are anti cases, we really shouldn't um take it like the fact that they're not at school and we should be very concerned about what will be of them when this COVID ends because we might we must be clear that COVID will be with us until we have a vaccine and if a vaccine only comes next year are we arguing that schools must only come back next year how, how do we understand what that means yeah I, I, I also see some of the the, the questions with Owen and them. Look, I, I'm really more of an optimistic person who understands the value of education. I, I think we're really playing down what teaching can actually do with children. Actually, children are probably some of the most open canvases to make understand why we need to be different. As adults, we are the problem. And that's also why we're struggling to even try and find middle ground to these things. You know, it's either, yes, they must be open, no, they must be closed, no middle ground, because that's how we are as adults. We, we, are, we, we, we are hardened in our viewpoint. And I think the way that government is trying is already a beginning where we should say, okay, where can we stretch you? Where can I make you make me feel better about it? <laughs> um, but to, to completely dismiss it is to say that while my child is fine, you know, their school is doing online learning, so we'll be okay. You know, we will cope until end of the year, we'll be fine. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a dangerous premise.
Yeah, no, I don't think it's an easy, I don't think it's an easy decision. Um, and even as you're saying this, you know, we think either one or the other, they must either be opened or closed. Um, unfortunately, it's one of those decisions that the schools can either be open or they can be closed. There's nothing in the middle. Or is there? Because is what the government is suggesting, not the something in the middle that lets, because I don't get the sense that government is trying to avoid children getting to school. I think government is trying to get children to school as soon as possible, but still balance that with the safety aspect. Um, and I, I hear, I mean, your arguments about, I think most of us, and I might be generalizing because I use the word all in one of my comments wrongly, um, yeah. but if I think of myself, um, we privileged. So our children's been doing the online thing in the school, same stuff, and they don't go to a private school. They're part of a government school, but still very much privileged. So um, I get that, that there's a lot of people in worse situations than our children are, and I don't think, I think that must be part of the conversation. I'm still not convinced that we can do everything that we can, that we can to keep the children safe, firstly, and then secondly, to keep their families safe that they interact with, because they might still be healthy, they might not die, but they might carry the virus and continue the spread. And it's a diff, I, I'm not saying that there's an absolute that, no, I don't think we should open the schools. I think we should open the schools, but it's a matter of how do you balance that with keeping the children and the rest of society safe? Uh, just I would say, sorry to interrupt you there, Greg, I would say definitely stretching the times in between the grades um, and being much more um, clear about our protocols of what are, we, what are we checking that they're doing. Because you see, matric groups actually in most schools turn, turn out to be often the smallest number of kids within all the grades in the school. You know, they are often the fewest. And that is almost for me the best way to measure if all those practices can actually be implemented. And all of this is about buying time. I think one of the things that make, makes all of us as humans very uncomfortable is the feeling of doing nothing, um, the feeling of inactivity. And what, what I think can easily happen is by nothing happening within school space for the next three, four months as we try and wait it out, we will, we will have things, we will have consequences that we, I fear when we look back, we'll say maybe this, it really wasn't worth it. Um, I'll give a very simple example. The kids in my school are probably very privileged that they even have access to a social worker who checks on them. So our current matric group, I spent all of last week personally calling them to see how they were and checking up on them and asking a very basic uh, uh, five, six questions that are fed back to their teachers about slowing down or supporting a specific learner, hustling for airtime for children and things like that. And then it easily makes you wonder of like, if making these kids stay mentally sane takes this amount of effort, what is easier to do? <laughs> to multiply social workers who are checking up on children in all our schools, or almost sending a little bit of a signal to them that we will see how we can meet your needs. Even if it's the idea or the hope that, hey, okay, the metrics are going back, let's hope they, they keep the rules and our parents are also responsible so the levels can go down. Um, the, 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 inac the inactivity is, 
is is dangerous even for our own mental health and for children it's worse i i i think we i think god has been very gracious with all of us that we haven't had mass deaths but also we haven't had people reacting in ways where we start to fear the cost of isolation the cost of separation quick one uh, quick question before we run out of time are you able to speak into the value of home education versus school education without anchoring your point on economic factors? Cool, yeah. Look, home, home education is dependent, first of all, on the parent's ability to be a good teacher. And I don't think we have the patience. Uh, I don't think we all have the, the guile. I don't think we all even have the relationship cachet to be fighting with our kids about schoolwork and then later be the loving parent. It's a very difficult balance. And what I often even um, encourage parents in, a, in our pre-COVID times, when their child struggled a lot, I said to them, if you are part of a church, ask if there's someone there who can tutor your child so that your child deals with the subject, uh, the tutors deals with the subject and you can be the parent. Because sure. the, when your child is struggling academically, the kinds of fights and the disagreements that will happen in your school, uh, it's, uh, it, 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 those relationships should not be tested that way. Because also I think the difference between a lockdown and school holidays, or you know, just helping your child through a difficult section of work, is that this, this isn't our everyday. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a season and this season is like three weeks, one week, two days, a module of schoolwork. But what also lockdown has created is the children don't have an escape. Even as a parent, you don't have an escape from this hard confrontation you've had with your child because they don't want to work. Um, sure. So another, another education quick question. Sorry, man. Another quick question. Sorry, just because of time. Are there yeah. possibilities of school changing in similar ways? Some of us are hoping to see changes in the way we do church. Two minutes. I, yeah, look, I, I, I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I think the remote learning, unfortunately, is also going to, is exposing teachers' own lack of technical skills. Um, I, I managed when we closed on the 18th to quickly have some of the teachers come to my place before total shutdown um, to teach them <laughs> how to somehow post their lessons over the WhatsApp groups, how to somehow use the internet to teach. Uh, there's, there's a huge lacking. And that's also why the remote learning is so difficult to apply across the board because many teachers lack that skill. And if people were reading some of those little documents that the, were leaked from the government, they had intended when teachers got back to spend two or three days to teach them how to use Zoom, how to, how to use uh, Microsoft Teams to sort of get them on some level to, to, be, to be able to teach remotely. It's a, it's a big lack. Um, teachers are often not really pro-technology and this caught them also with their pants down. 